Hey, Jay Calloway here, pastor of The Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. You know, we've been in this moment of time where we are talking about this idea of open, that we're living under an open heaven. And I want to continue on this thought. Last week, we talked about how we open the doors with our gifts. We talked in Proverbs, the 18th chapter, verse 16, and a man's gift opens doors for him and sits him in the presence of the great, of great men and women. And we talked about that and how our attitude should be of that, of what can I do for you instead of what can you give me? And, and I think that was so important. But I wanna to talk to you this today on this idea of the open heaven. And I believe it is so important for us to understand that we can conduct ourselves in such a way as to limit the open heaven. If not limited, completely shut it down and put a curse between us and heaven and, and, and literally live under a curse. And we've been talking about this over the last few weeks. So how many of your Bibles get your Bible out? If you have your Bible, say yes or um, oh yes, baby, uh, just get it out there. And if it's not, say oops, good deal. Good. Put it in the chat box if you're on our li- online with us and you're out there and you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or our online campus, just put in there, I've got my Bible and I'm ready to go. And uh, if you need a Bible, just let us know. We would love to send you a Bible and and be able to um, bless you with that just on us. And we want to make sure that you get one. But this idea of this open heaven underneath uh, uh, that we are living underneath, We find that idea even in Malachi, Malachi the third chapter, and last week we talked about it, and I want to remind you again that we have the ability to rob God. In verse 8 it says, begin by being honest. Does anyone, do, do honest people rob God? But you have robbed me day after day. You ask, how do we rob you? The tithes and the offerings, that's how. And you're under, a, and now you're under a court curse. The whole lot of you. In other words, your your ability could actually, or your inability to give, to to hold up open hands and to operate out. If you train your children to do that, your entire family can be under a, under that curse. You can close heaven simply by the way that we raise our children, by the way that we influence those around us. And I think that's an important um, understanding of that that we need to realize is that that the way that we conduct ourselves, the obedience that we have, the things that we operate, the way that we think and look and, and, and see in certain situations, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in a way of bringing that that curse over our entire family. But as a child of God, we can also bring about the blessings over our entire family. And we talked about that last week. And as a child of God, I want us to walk confidently. And I want want us to walk with courage. And I want us to walk with, with integrity in all of these matters. So I want to just challenge you today as we say the Believer's Proclamation. Say it with the understanding that when we confess and we proclaim this, that we are proclaiming it in every area of our lives, not just in certain areas, but in every area. So say it with me like you mean it and you believe it today. Today, I am a child of God. 
I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you. Give them a high five. Say, I believe it for you too. If you're by yourself, go ahead and message somebody. Give them a kind of a high five uh, on the message and just say, I'm believing for you as you walk as a child of God. Well, I want to talk to you today about this level of living. You see, last week we talked about our gifts and how, what they do. But today I want to talk to you about your commitment. I want to talk to you about what the level is of our commitment and what the standard or the priority of commitment is. You see, I believe that as, an, as we walk under an open heaven, it is hugely important for us to understand that it is not the level of our commitment that we choose, but it is the degree of commitment that Christ chooses for us. I heard, a, I heard a pastor was preaching the other day and he was talking about uh, needing to work out and needing to exercise. And I don't know about you, but I've kind of felt the winter weight needing to shed off as we head into spring and summer and, and needing to get a little bit better in my working out and in my commitment level to my health. But as he was talking, he was telling, he was talking about some of his family was there and said, you know, we need to really get going on our, in our, in our level of, of health and working out. We're feeling it was right after uh, Thanksgiving. It was actually on Thanksgiving day as he was telling this story. And he was talking about the, uh, you know, we just need to do some push-ups and we need to get some things going there. And so immediately he looked over and his, his, his family member looked over at him and he said, let's do 25 push-ups right now. And so they immediately dropped down right there in the living room and they did 25 push-ups. And, and they went back and they go, oh, wow, we're good. And his cousin said to him, his friend said to him, Tomorrow, let's do it a different, let's, let's commit to each other that we're going to do more push-ups. We're going to do push-ups every single day. And he goes, okay, let's do it. And he says there, but it wasn't what he said or me committing to that. It was the degree of the commitment, he said. He goes, I want us to do 25 push-ups every hour for the daylight hours starting tomorrow. And so he goes, whoa, and, I mean, and that was some kind of jazzing him up, going, yeah, I can do that. I, we're going to do that. And the next day came and he, he says, you know how many push-ups we did? Zero. <laughs> and I was thinking about that myself, is how I can always be so jazzed about, you know what, I'm getting ready to work out. Tomorrow morning, I'm up at 530, I'm up at, I'm going to get up at, and I'm going to walk in and I'm going to do all these push-ups, I'm going to do the pull-ups, I'm going to get on the P90X and I'm going to do the, I'm going to do all the different things and I'm going to get me a, 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 you know, a ripped gut and I'm going to have the six pack and I'm going to have the arms and I'm going to have these guts and I'm going to go after it. And I'm all, I'm all motivated. You could probably get me to drop and do 25 push-ups right then and there. And then tomorrow comes. And even if I've got accountability, I'm at that level, I just go like, oh, and I forget. And then we go on. But I was reminded of what he said that I thought was so interesting. Is he goes, it wasn't, the, it wasn't just saying, hey, we're going to do 25 push-ups tomorrow that got me going. It was the degree of the commitment 
that my cousin wanted me to do. And I thought to myself, how huge is that? Because he says there, he goes, I want to do 25 push-ups every hour of, of, of the day. And we're going to get up and we're going to do it the, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning and then 6 o'clock and then 7 o'clock and then 8 o'clock. And that's some intense commitment. And can I tell you that I believe that the degree of commitment will, will dictate the level of open heaven we're under. You see, there was a story in the Bible that I think is hugely important. We know it as the story of the rich young ruler. And Jesus had some, an encounter with this. This wasn't a parable in an idea of a, of a story of someone that may happen. It, this, was a, this was a literal guy. This was somebody that stopped Jesus in his tracks. Now, Jesus had been teaching and he had been uh, just sharing all the things of what the kingdom of God was going to be like. In fact, this was at the moment in time where the children came running up unto him and started jumping on his lap right as he's teaching. And the disciples got really upset about that and said, just quit, leave him alone. He's the great teacher. Don't you know who he is? And immediately, the, 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 Jesus rebuked the disciples and said, let the kids come to me. Great. Don't you understand that the kingdom of heaven is like a little child, the faith of a child? That just no matter what they say they, they love. I remember when my children were young and we would go in and, I, and, and I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan. And, and so my kids were Dallas Cowboys fans early on because dad was. Whatever dad was a fan of, that's what they were a fan of. Whatever dad didn't like, they didn't like. Whatever dad thought was wrong, they, they thought was wrong. Until a point in time where they come to their own age and come to an age of what they think that they should. Well, you see, the degree of commitment under an open heaven is something, something like that. We can have our level of commitment because we were raised in a certain way. We were raised with the things that, that, of going to church. We were raised with putting in a good solid day's work. We were raised to get a job. We were raised to do all of these different kinds of things. But how many times have we heard of the young man who was raised and his father was a lawyer or his mom was a doctor or, or she, uh, their, their parents were, her parents were teachers and then they became a teacher, or they became a lawyer, or they became a doctor, or they became an iron worker, only to find out that they hated it simply because that's what their dad did. You see, what my point in this is, is here is that we've talked about the gifts that we have, but the question I want to ask is this, what are you willing to do and to commit with the gifts that you have? with your wealth, with your life, with the giftings that you have? What level of commitment are you willing to do? You see, Jesus ran into this young man called the rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler came to him right after he had had this encounter with children and, and did some teaching on what the kingdom of God was like. But the rich young ruler we find it in Mark, the 10th chapter, in verse, starting with verse 17. And it was an amazing story, but it had, a, it had a point to it that I think sometimes we forget. I think it was very fitting that they entitled this the rich young ruler, because I think those three titles really denote where we live today. 
But I want you to hear what this, what happened with this. You see, in Mark, the 10th chapter, verse 17, it says, as he began to take the road again, after welcoming the children, a man came running up to him and fell at his feet and asked him, good master, what must I do to be sure of eternal life? In other words, what must I do to be sure of the open heaven over me that I can have access to heaven both today and in the future? God, Jesus was very, Jesus' next statement was very interesting because he says to him, I, I find it interesting or I wonder why you called me good because only God is good. In other words, what he was pointing out is that the man who was running up to Jesus understood he was running up to the right thing. He was running up to God. He was falling down on his face. The One translation said he came up to him with great reverence. Another one says he bowed down. Here it says he fell at his feet. In other words, he understood enough to know that he was speaking to the Messiah even if he could not explain it very well. He knew there was something different about Jesus. It was the same kind of feeling that the scribes and the Pharisees had when Jesus was 12 years old. And it was said that when, when his mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, had lost him and they had to go back, it says there that Jesus was teaching at the age of 12 in the temple. And they said, what kind of young man is this? He speaks with such authority, like the authority that's not of this world. Well, here, this rich young ruler had the same experience. He had heard Jesus speak, very possibly at the, at the moment in time when he was talking about the, the kingdom is like that of a child and that we should have a faith of a child. Quite possibly, he had been following him for a little bit. But the rich young ruler wanted to have, the, he wanted the components in place to have an open heaven over his life. He wanted to have those kind of components that would going to take and, and catapult him into a greater way of living closer to God. And isn't that a great, isn't that a great target to have? Isn't that a great motivation to have? One, to treat God as who he is, falling down in wonder, falling down in reverence, having the understanding that he is good and he's the only thing that is good. But Jesus went on and said to him, don't you know the commandments? And he lists out the commandments. Don't, don't, cheat on your, don't cheat on your spouse. Don't sleep with another married person. Don't commit adultery, in other words. Be faithful to the covenant that you've made. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't, don't bear false witness. Don't lie about your neighbor. Don't, don't go on and fabricate stories up just to make yourself look good and make them look bad. Don't steal. Don't, don't, don't defraud somebody. Do not, do, don't dishonor your mother and father. And the young, rich young ruler looked at him and said, oh, that's easy. I've lived that way my entire life. My mama and, my mama and daddy, they raised, they, they raised me up right, in other words. 
When I was young and I did not have any other way, when I was young, I was a Dallas Cowboy fan because my dad was, in other words. When I was young, my daddy didn't steal, neither did I. When I was young, my mom honored her mom and dad, and so, so did I. In other words, he's saying that when I was young, since the time I was in my father's house, I learned the Bible is very clear. Train up, a way, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they become old, they will not depart from it. It's very simple logic. It's very simple that, to do that. And, and so this rich young ruler, he says to them, it's very easy. I've done that. Good. Got that. Open heaven. I'm already. But have you noticed that the things that Jesus listed were the back half of the Ten Commandments? He didn't list the part of to honor, to put God first, to have no other gods before you. He didn't use the, the term. He didn't say there to, to put, do not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. It doesn't say to have, to have no other idols before you. It didn't say any of those. None of the vertical relate things were there. It was only the horizontal. And isn't that the way we live our lives a lot of times? is as long as we can keep our, our friendship commitments, as long as we can be socially acceptable, as long as we can sit there and go like, well, I don't lie, I don't murder, I don't do these, I don't do those things. Oh, when my mama calls, I answer the phone. When my daddy asks me to do something, I'm right there and I do it. I do exactly what he says. I will do it. In other words, many times, our commitment level is only to the level of our social acceptance. But Jesus said, and he looked intently at this man. The Bible says that he steadily looked in his eyes. He looked in his heart. And Jesus had love for him. He saw his earnest desire. He saw the idea that he had. He wanted so desperately to love the Lord his God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind. And he was nailing loving the neighbor as himself. So Jesus goes on and says, but there's one other thing that I want you to understand. And I believe that Jesus kind of maybe stepped forward to him, got right in his space a little bit. And he goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sell everything that you have. And I want you to give it to the poor. And all of a sudden, Jesus saw a countenance change in that man's face. He saw the, the, the windows of his heart, his eyes, dim a little bit, maybe glance off and not look Jesus in the eye anymore because he knew that that was something that he really couldn't do. In fact, one translation, the Phillips version says this, that his heart, he went away with deep distress, that deeply in his heart he knew he couldn't let go of his things. I guess my question to you today is this, what is the degree of your commitment? What is the degree of your commitment to God? Now, I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I think that it's interesting that his man's title was the rich young ruler. We don't know his name, we don't know his identity, we don't know anything except three things. He had resource, 
He had, he had, uh, he had age. He was, he was, he had his life in front of him. He had his career in front of him. Everything was there. He was young in the idea that he may not even have been in his thirties yet. He would, may not have been, he's definitely not even into his forties. In fact, the Jewish custom was, is that these, when somebody was young, was somebody that wasn't even yet into those areas because it was as if you couldn't even do anything in life until you, after 30 years of age. And so, he was definitely in those 20s and 30s area. And I'm speaking to so many out there that's in that realm and that you've got your life in front of you. You may be in your 40s or 50s and still feel like you've got your life in front of you. And in life, in the way that you're looking at your life, it's it, you're young. You've got many years of productivity left. And then the third thing is he was a ruler. In other words, he was an influencer. And I thought to myself when I read this, I felt like the Spirit of God just spoke into my heart. Those are the three areas that we idolize in our country, in the United States. But I think it's even so many ways we idolize that just in our own selves, if you're just a human. You, we idolize our resources, our things, all that we have, that we want to get more and 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 just continue to get more and get more and get more. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of resource. There's nothing wrong with going after the promotion and going after the raise and going after getting the corner office or, or being the best that there is that you can possibly be. There's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong with continuing on. In fact, we, we so want to be young in our lives. We want our appearance to be young. We want our thinking to be young. We want it to be current and relevant. We want to be always on top with the best music and the best, uh, the best relevant reading and all these kinds of stuff. My wife, I always tease my wife, Vicki, because she's always teasing me about that I'm getting a little bit of gray hair, and she's always telling me, you need to color your hair. You need to get that gray out of your hair. And I'm like, babe, I just want to go natural. And, she's, and she goes, I, I said, why do you want me to color your hair, my hair so much? And she says to me, because you're making me look old. And I think to myself, okay, I'll go color my hair. I don't want you to look old, babe. And sometimes our, even our vanity, even our things that we're, we're wanting to appear that way. You see, these three areas, our resources, our youth, the, the, the life that we have ahead of us, the future that is so out of this world, the future that we have been, go grab a hold of. But the third one that he said is the ruler. And that, that word ruler literally meant he had an influence. He was very influential in the area. For him to stop and talk, for him to bow, for him to fall on his knees, for him to fall on his face, even for him to chase down Jesus was kind of a, 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 an interesting picture because that's not what rulers do. Rulers don't chase after things. Rulers don't chase after people. Rulers, people come to them. But I find it's interesting that Jesus had a completely different take on that. We love to see the picture of Jesus running after. In fact, the Bible says that, that he seeks after, and that word seeks, that, that God seeks after those. And the question is, is who? The picture is almost a running God. A, a, a galloping God that he's running through and he's seeking out and he's trying to find and grab you and say, hey, follow me, follow me, follow me. 
But that's not the picture we see here in Jesus. It's not the picture we see at all. The picture we see with Jesus is a man that is a ruler. He's an influencer. He may have had, you know, a, a, a two or three, maybe 50 million followers on Facebook and, a fit, and another 100 million followers on Instagram. We have these young, rich, young rulers in our society today. And if they walk into your, if they would walk in to our room today, we would all stop and we'd all just go like, oh, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. But Jesus didn't pay him any attention to the level that he had to chase Jesus down after the children's church service. He went to chase Jesus down, and when he finally did and interrupted, as Jesus was packing up and ready to go and go on the road and take this message to the next group of people, he chases him down, stops him, falls on his face, shows, humbles himself completely and in, in, in without any reservation and says, what must I do to get the open heaven over me? And Jesus simply says, you need to treat everybody around you with the same respect and the same love that you treat yourself. I've done it. I've done it. I was raised by the right people. Because, but the last thing I want you to do is I want you to sell everything that you have. I want you to give it to the poor. And I want you to follow me. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a, that's a high level of a commitment. That's a thing like, man, I feel like it today. Man, I'm going to go out. I'm going to empty out my bank account. I'm going to empty out my, I'm going to sell, put my house on the market. I'm going to put everything down and I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to cash in everything and go do it. And I feel like it. And then tomorrow morning wakes up and it's just like when I have my time to work out. And I'm like, man, that was a good feeling back there. But boy, I don't know about today. I don't know what God is asking for you and what, your, what, what level of commitment he's asking for you, but I do know this. It is akin to giving everything up. It is akin to selling out everything. You see, that's the level of what he's saying there, is I don't care how influential you are. Now, I want you to think about this. What happens a lot of times as Christians, we get somebody that's rich, we get somebody that's young, we get somebody that's an influencer, we get somebody that's a, is the great person, and we're going like, come follow us, come to our thing, do this. And, and it's almost as if we sit there and go like, well, I can't do that. I, the person that's the influencer, the person that's young, that has life in front of them, that is on the top of their game, that's everything ready to go, that has, is wealthy, you are. You have wealth, you've got a life in front of you, and you influence all kinds of people, every single one of us. It doesn't matter. We are that rich young ruler. Myself, you, doesn't matter. You say, like, I don't have any wealth. You living in the place that you're living, you watching this means that you are, you, you have an incredible amount of wealth. You have incredible, we have life, we have children, we have our marriages, we have our homes, we have our jobs, we have all of these things. And, and quite frankly, if I'm speaking to you in the, in the civilized world, in the, in the Western mindset, if I'm talking to you in some realms that are, that are all there, that we are wealthier than 99% of the rest of the world. You see, wealth is just relative to what is else going on around there. And sometimes we look at this and we're like, oh, if I just had more, if I just had wealth like him, if I just had things like that. But God's going like, don't worry about that. Keep the commandments, yes. But then be willing to give everything you've got. Open up your hand and get rid of it all. Put down it all. And the man couldn't do that. He was walked away disheartened. But guess what? Jesus didn't chase him. 
It's interesting because sometimes we want to chase the wealthy. We want to chase the rich. We want to chase the young. We want to chase the influencer. We want to chase the rulers. And we'll look at him and go like, okay, 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 okay. If you don't, could you imagine if Jesus would have looked at that rich young ruler and looked at him and says, okay, okay, so, so you don't want to do it. Would you be willing to do half of it? Would you be willing to do a quarter of it? Would you be willing to, you see, that's not Jesus' way of doing it. You see, the degree of commitment in our lives is determined by God, not by us. I've had people say to me, why do you talk about finances? Why do you talk about tithing? Why do you do that? It's just very uncomfortable. And I'm sitting there going like, well, I have to preach the whole word of God. That's the bottom line. I, I'm not going to just do a little bit because it, it, it sets you on edge. You see, sometimes we're willing to do the level, the degree of commitment as long as it's our degree. We're willing to do the degree of commitment as long as it doesn't violate our comfort. We're willing to do the degree of comfort or degree of, uh, of commitment as long as it doesn't violate our friendships and violate our time and violate our gifts. I want to do it the way I see fit and not the way he sees fit. I want to give all that I have according to my world and not according to his kingdom. And today, rich young ruler, today, resourced, great future influencer, God is saying to you, I want you to have the greatest degree of commitment to me to give me everything you've got and let me take care of it for you. Oh, I want you to understand that that day when, that, when, when Jesus talked about that, his disciples were astounded. His disciples were blown away. And many times people have said this, is that, well, a wealthy person, a rich person of which you are, can't enter into heaven because... They hold on to their own things. And Jesus goes, that's not the point. It's not the point about, about rich. It's not the point about wealthy. It's simply about what are you holding on to that he wants you to give. We can treat everybody with respect and we can honor everybody and love everybody. But the question is this, what stands between you and God that you're not willing to give up? What stands between you and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that when he's asking for it, you're like, nah, I can't do that. Is that he's calling you to go to a different land? Is he calling you to, to talk to your neighbors? Is he calling you to give up your wealth? Is he calling you to give in such a way? It might be simply that he's saying to you, I need you to start tithing. I need you to start giving offering. I need you to start resourcing with your influence, with your life, with your wealth. And the question is, is he looking at you and being with you walking away, simply saying, Hey, I won't lie, I won't cheat, I won't steal, I won't covet, I won't sleep around, I'll be faithful and all of that, but I can't do that. What God is saying to each one of us is, then you're going to limit the open heaven over you, simply because I'm asking you to give everything you've got to me. It's the degree of commitment to the level of your comfort. God wants his, your commitment to him 
to far surpass and far outweigh your level of comfort. And the only way to start doing that is simply by this, is to give our lives to Christ and let him deal with everything else. Seek first his kingdom and everything else will be added to you. Give first all that you have to him and then let him walk with you in every other way to care for, to be convicted in. And the only way to do that is simply ask him into your life. And I want to just, I want to just challenge you today. If you're, if you're here today and you're sitting there going like, Jay, I want to live that way. And today I want to do the 25 push-ups. And tomorrow I'm doing 25 push-ups every hour. I'm committing. I'm doing the whole thing. I'm giving everything I've got to Christ. I'm going to give him my life, my family, my finances, every single thing, my time, all of it. It's all, it's all there. It's done. If that's you and you want to say today, I'm making that change today. I want you just to type in the chat box, look at somebody else. You can just say open open, open, just signifying that you want to live in such a way that you have an open heaven over you. If that's you today, just write that, sit that. And I want to invite every single person to pray this with me. Many of you I know are already living that way, but today there's some of you that says, I need to make that conviction. I need to make that challenge. I need to live that commitment. And if that's you today, just pray this with me, but I'm going to ask everybody to pray it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today, I increase my degree of commitment. Whatever you ask of me, I will give. I will give everything to you because I believe that you are the King of Kings and that you are the Lord of Lords. I confess and I declare that God raised you from the dead and that you are the Son of God. And today I walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Blessings on you guys. And if you prayed that prayer, we believe that you committed your life to Christ. And we have so many different resources for you as we walk through. In fact, we have a resource for you just even today where you can look at it very practical to go through your finances and say, what can I give up so that I can give to God? What can I go and, and do? And what can I be that God will be pleased with? That it's his call on my life and not my comfort that I'm after. And that's what we want to give you today. And we're just so excited about what God has for you. And we believe that you're going to be blessed beyond measure. And we want to bless you today. Vicki and I are praying for you. And we believe that God has a great plan. And we want to just invite you to stretch your hand out to, to me right now as I bless you now. I bless you now in your family, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families. That your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood, in your families, and in all around. I bless you now in your finances that you, that you would have more than enough to pay your bills and pay them on time and that you would have margin to give according to what God has called you to as you follow him in biblical stewardship. I bless you now in your, in your friendships that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now as you go and be a blessing to all around you in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. We're praying for you. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. 
We ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.